Hello, hello. Welcome to the Full Cup. I am Libby Switzer. I am here today with my sister, Rachel Waters. Say hi. Hi. We're um, outside. Oh, you need to sit a lot closer oh, to the mic. Sorry, I'm trying to we support. <laughs> if you guys could see this setup, you would truly see how creative my sister is. So we're going to just oh. sit behind. I just took one. So look, we put up um, a moving box. I'm moving. So we have a moving box. We're sitting outside. The bo- The idea of the box around the microphone is to protect it from the wind because it's a windy day. And we are a professional uh, podcasters. Podcast. No, that wasn't the word I wanted to use, but we are professionals. Because we As do have a lawn tell, chair holding up the cardboard. We have box. a lawn chair <laughs> with our both arms. our arms. The wind blowing. We don't use a mixer or two mics, so we're actually not professional. But here we are. Um, and Libby apparently has been coloring her hair without gloves. <laughs> Self tanner. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I bought the mitt to put it on with, but it seeped through it, the mitt. No, it, I got a new one that was really hard to rub in, so it was just streaks, oh. so I had to use my hands. Okay. And then I thought about washing my hands after, and I was like, I should go wash my hands, but I was in a hurry, so. Okay. Well, your hands look, your palms look beautiful and tan. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, okay, so it has been quite a while since we've had Rachel on here, and I just was talking to her about what she wants to talk about today and she wants to talk about I'm gonna get this right so the perspective having the perspective of growth like the things we do are we're here to grow instead of performance being here to perform for everyone and look how good we are yeah oh I like the performance one more why (laughs) um because it's fun to like show off and be showy and it's hard to grow. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, I mean, but fun, it's okay to have fun sometimes. Like at a recital, let's perform, but I guess not in every Well, day no, even life. at a recital, it's about growth. You're there to show that I grew in my skill in piano skills. Okay. And if I go showing up like, yeah, I'm going to show you how I've improved, then I don't have to carry over me the looming blanket of what is this performance going to look like? Okay. So actually, I think the fun is increased as the perspective is more on a growth mindset instead of a performance-based mindset. And this is just another tool, another way of saying we're moving out of that perfectionistic idea that my value is earned. Because that's what makes us focus on performance when we earn our value by how well we perform. Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel was saying that we were just talking about some experiences. People, I don't know. Do you see a lot of people who have this same? Yes. This is, this has been kind of a common theme lately of the people I've been seeing and in my own personal life, because I'm experiencing, I'm on this new um, my kids have all advanced, right? I had a daughter graduate from college this year, a daughter graduate from high school, a son graduate from junior high, and a, my youngest graduated from elementary school. And so they're all entering these new phases, and um, they're kind of new hats that I will be wearing, especially with my son, my only son, and my first boy to put through high school, and he's now part of the football program and things like that. And it's been really interesting as I've found myself a part of this to, um, it's actually got me a little bit feisty about some of the perspectives that I see that 
as parents that we can engage in um, in in perpetuating performance based mindset for our children instead of letting their journey be about their own growth. Yeah. And instead of gauge about what good parents we are, because look at how well they perform. Yeah. So we were just talking about that, about how a lot of parents base their value on how well their children do. Is that what you... Yeah. So it's like, if my kid is really smart, then I'm a great parent. Or if my kid is really good at this sport, then I have done something right. And coming from... Oh, I'm on the I'm on the side where I do see a lot of that. Like I have friends who their kids are so good at this and they're so good at that. And and my kids are good at things, too. And I might be flashy about that. I don't know. But I do know that I also have kids who who struggle with schooling and who are in resource and Sometimes when I hear those parents talk to me about how brilliant their children are, I want to punch them in the face, but I shouldn't. Like, why do I want to? Well, but hold on. But it, because if you say, yes, I do find my value when my kids perform well, to me, that also means when they don't perform well, that det- detracts from your value as a parent as though. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. When they were like, your kid might need to go to resource. Let's have testing. All I heard was you suck. You were the worst parent. Why didn't you help your child? Where have you been? Have you been working? All of those thoughts went through my mind. And and so, yeah, I fully felt responsible for that. And it has taken – and, like, it's been one year in the program, and I would not change anything. Like, it has been amazing and so helpful. And this kid of mine loves it. Like yeah. feels like they have a place for them where they can go. <laughs> Don't that make makes that me face. so happy. <laughs> Your child, um, but like has a place where they feel safe to ask questions and can take their time and not understand. And because that's a big fear too, is asking questions and a big. So let me yeah. ask you something okay. as you shared that example. Um, if what you heard was "I failed as a parent." What did what do you think that does to your child? If if your child's performance is a window in or a measuring stick to your success of parenting, what do you think that does for your kid? I think it puts a lot of pressure on them. Well, it makes sense and we were having this conversation earlier about how well, where the heck do you think all this anxiety is coming from? Yes. And not to also not to say like your kid's anxiety is your fault, though a lot of times it could be. I don't know if it Perpetuated, always is. yes. Yeah. There's there's lots of different factors, but definitely definitely your conditioning. It has a huge factor on anxiety. And this week alone, you don't know how many teenage girls I've seen that I've that have said, I'm just afraid to disappoint my parents. Their authenticity and intentionality in their own life is non existent because they live to perform for their parents. Yeah. Which I think if parents sad. knew that would be devastated because I don't think that's the intent. And I actually, I, I connect with this highly and I feel like I was able to step away for a minute and I'm being reintroduced as my kids are moving into different areas. But my oldest child came, I believe, wanting to perform and I loved it. I mean, I supported her in performing every way that she could. And then one day the truth of what that performance meant was devastating 
right? Her lack of value, her desire to hurt herself through words and things to motivate herself to keep up with not just my expectation, her dad's expectation, her grandpa's. She told me, I'm afraid to pick what I want to be in college because I'm afraid my grandpa will be disappointed. I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure your grandpa doesn't even know what I graduated in from college. Yeah. up until this point. But but when that perspective is so influenced by performance and acceptance and earning your value through performance, it changes it changes everything. And it really detracts from your kids' opportunity to have their journey be about them. Yeah. What they're going to grow from, what they're going to learn from. And so going through that with my oldest daughter was a huge awakening for me of like, holy cow, I have this, I have wrapped this so tight and totally oblivious to it, right? Yes, I support all of these performances. Look at what you've been able to do and really celebrated her for natural talent and things that not, uh, how, what did you do when you fell and how amazing was that? I mean, I tried to throw that in there, but but I, I definitely yeah. not as much as, as could have been. So like I stated, those kids that I've seen in my office this week that are so concerned about disappointing their parents and I'm trying to give them tools to see this differently, but they're going home to families and and parents and families that are are perpetuating this, right? Based on mom and dad want it done well too. And so how do I change a kid's perspective when they're going home to that? So give me an example of like something they want done well at home that will perpetuate. Well, I'm going to give you an example of an experience that I had. So my son is playing football in high school, right? And they had their summer camp this past week. And they sent a text out to all the football moms asking for volunteers to come and help put a breakfast together for these kids, right? And I was happy to volunteer um, because it was a time that was conducive for me. So I signed up um, to bring my camp chef to come and cook things. Well, then the comments were made, hey, you know, if you don't have a camp chef, come and bring your griddle that we can plug in. And I'm thinking, well, I we're outside. I don't know how that works, but I guess they'll figure it out. And then... Um, but your camp chef is kind of a big deal to set up. Correct? Oh yeah. They we like a griddle is super easy. To I am bring, not so. like Libby. I don't have guns. I mean, yeah. I would like to think I can. She's I'm a badass, swole. but I, she is, <laughs> she's so strong. Anyways, I am not. And I knew that carrying that 80 pound camp chef was going to take me 45 minutes to get it from my car and get it set up. Right. Yeah. So I was happy to do that. And then when I saw, Oh no, we're also going to have griddles just in case. So the fear was a mom, sweetest mom, that wants this to go really well, and I honor that that noble thought, was I have a fear of boys having to wait for their food. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, if my son complains about waiting in line for food that is given to him by moms that are there busting their butts to prepare and give it to him for free, if he complains about that, I have much bigger problems. Mm-hmm him having to wait in line because I would definitely hope my son would be one that waited in line. Then when he got up there was able to say, thank you so much for your efforts. This is really appreciated. Um, yeah, but it is more, I mean, I just participated in a breakfast, like the exact same thing for a track team. And, and it is very much like people want to just take care. Like we just want to, this, we just want things to go great and smooth and, and but how is that helpful? Yeah, Life right, never goes not. great or smooth. You're right. And like how much more of a win would it be for all of us and the parents they're working if it was like, hey, guys, make sure you say thank you. Make sure you have like, like, we don't care if you have to wait. You be nice. That's what we're here to learn about. You be a good person. 
you're okay to wait, you know, I don't know, like, let's emphasize a different thing to teach these kids than to make it easy breezy. But that's not natural. And it's just performance based, right? To make it look because even if it looked great for all they know, that mom didn't sleep for a week because she was so worried about it being late. That is that even we're, we're, we are perpetuating so much pressure of performance with kids by our own concern about doing everything well. It's, it is, you're so right. And I just keep thinking like, but being that mom, that's like, I like, for example, I'm kind of that person, like the minimalist. They're like, um, I don't know when I've like thrown a shower and people are like, can I bring decorations? And I'm like, what decorations? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) I just, I don't care. So I'm like, sure, sure. But then I feel sometimes I don't want to be that one to take the stand and be, we're fine. They can wait. Or we don't need decorations. Or because people are looking at me, judging me then and and thinking, girl, doesn't this girl care about making sure everything runs well? And yeah, I want to be the one that's like, no, I don't care, actually. let's put focus on what's important here. I mean, of course I care that it runs well, but I'm just saying to be that perfectionist. Okay. But sometimes it's hard to be that one that stands up for sure. And your kid suffers your kid. It's like, Oh yeah. My daughter, why don't you ever pick us up on time? (laughs) You are so embarrassing. I'm like, hi, my time is more important than yours. I'm sorry. I know you don't think it is, but Nor do other parents or other kids because it's not what we're perpetuating. My son, I offered to bring him on his birthday in junior high a pizza. Like, I thought, like, he is going to think I'm the coolest parent. And he was kind of like, sure. And then when I pulled up, I had to wait in line of 27 cars to wait to pull up to the school. And then he proceeds to tell me that many kids at school text their parents their order for lunch every single day and their parents bring it. So I'm recognizing, I'm like, oh, "Oh, look how special. I'm bringing you a pizza. But in reality, not so special. Wow. Help me, please. Right? (laughs) Okay. But also, now let me go back to something. I can't even remember. Maybe you'll be able to remember. A few years ago, there was a show on Netflix that was about decluttering your life. Was uh-huh. it on Netflix or was it a book? Yeah. It was a lady oh. talking about like. Was it the Japanese on- lady? Yes. Hanging on to what has value. Um, Yeah. What was she called? I can't remember. But not just her. I feel like. Yeah, there's lots. Why? Why do we need lessons on teaching us how to simplify our lives, to be more intentional? Well, because we're not good at it anymore. To me, which is, is that, that I feel like actually is very privileged. Yeah. Like to be able oh. to not just fo- focus on the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I I don't know. My husband and I were having, maybe we'll leave this in, maybe we won't. But we were having a conversation a few weeks ago and he's like, you know, our kids don't have struggles. And kids that live here really don't have struggles. And this is like, it's like having struggles is normal and part of life. So it's almost like they come up with these things. Yes. Okay. Put this on pause for just a second. Okay. I have to grab my phone. Oh my gosh, Libby, you're so on this. Oh, I'm not going to pause it, but we'll just edit that. Oh, she's wearing black spiked heels. (laughs) Should I keep talking while she's gone? Okay. I don't know if you're going to leave this in or not, but I'm just going to share this with you. This is giving a shout out to an old high school beau. 
Ooh. someone that I had a crush on. Um, went to a dance together. Let he was pretty see. fantastic. Steve Edgley. Do you remember oh. Steve Edgley? No. Okay. Well, something about Steve Edgley. He helped dad when he had a stroke. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? He's a stroke yes. doctor. He's a doctor um, that struggled a stroke himself during med school. Amazing guy. Right? Okay. So he writes, he posts a picture of this. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of... Okay, we won't include that part because I don't know how to pronounce those <laughs> words. <laughs> okay, so he introduced the beginning of Charles Dickens' book, A Tale of Two Cities. And his perspective on that, as he worked with people, he says, as I've come to understand that it is actually always for most people, both the best of times and the worst of times. The reason for this from a neuroscience perspective is that each of our brains responds powerfully to paired opposition. Light and dark, joy and sorrow, chaos and order, yin and yang. This paired opposition is encoded deeply in the ancient religious tradition. Truth, the world is always on fire. The sky is always falling. There is always a literal battleground going on in each of our bodies, behind the scenes, and more importantly, in our minds. Einstein once says, there are two ways to live. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is though everything is a miracle. Okay, let me back up. He shares this post talking about the neuroscience perspective, the need of our brain to have paired opposition. Mm -hmm. So when you said our kids don't struggle, do our brains create it because it's necessary? It's encoded in our brains. Yes. I think the prevention of difficulty, this performance based of everything looking a certain way is preventing us from those things that our brains need to grow and to learn. For sure. I agree. Okay. So really, I'm talking to you, parents. Yeah. Right? This is who I'm hoping that this information, whose ears these fall on. Because as a therapist that works with kids, and I would think as I'm speaking for a lot of therapists out there that work with kids, it is really, really hard, possible, but difficult to help kids connect with change when they go home and their environment is not conducive to change. Mm-hmm. Teaching your children they have value when you're having them focus on earned value is so hard. We do not earn our value. And if we think that, we're confused. And also we're supporting this idea of a performance-based mindset. The yeah. pressure of that will induce anxiety. And this coming from a recovered, recovering perfectionist. Right. Well, and I just think like, If you, yeah, it's a good lesson to learn before you're forced to learn it. You know what I mean? Like I, my ankle, like Rachel said, I'm real swole. I'm totally kidding. I am not. She is so fit. Anyone that knows her. It's a total joke, but I do exercise a lot. I, it's just like, it's just what I do. Um, I don't ever see the rewards from it, but I still do it. (laughs) What are you talking about? So my ankle started like slipping out of socket about two weeks ago and I had to take a day off and then I took another day off and I literally was like, what if I couldn't do this anymore? What if, who would I be to myself? Because, you know, I work out for myself because it's like, an accomplishment. It's my something hard that I did that I went and pushed myself through. And, and I feel good when I do that. 
I just had to have that conversation with myself. Like if your ankle goes bad and you can't do this or you can't, I've just like been biking a lot. So if you can't bike anymore, you're still Libby. You're still kind. You're still good. Like you're, and I, I literally had to keep having that conversation in my head because it was, well, because I have a problem, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm just thinking like, what about people who have, yeah, are in accidents or, and I, I mean, this is just a physical, physical things that sometimes we can be forced to not perform anymore, but we should already be learning it and working on it every day of our lives. Well, and you've talked many of times on this podcast and dad has about growth from pain, right? That's what therapy is. It's yeah. turning that pain into some sort of meaning and purpose that helps you grow. And that that can be whether you're religious or not, based on what I just read to you from my friend that's a doctor, our right. brain, it's encoded in our brain, Yeah. right? So- as parents, if we're running around and our biggest worry is about making sure this looks well, are yeah. we preventing, if it doesn't go well, then what? That's where the beauty, that's where the magic happens. If it doesn't go well, then what? Yeah. Then what? And also giving back your kids their own life, which means what What did you learn from a mistake today? How were you persistent in something that was difficult versus, oh no, people are going to see this and this isn't going to look well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to step in and make it look well because my own fears, yeah, it really robs them of their experience. So this is an example. So I'm like new to parenting. I still feel, I mean, my youngest is 12, but my old, I'm sorry, my oldest is 12. And so I have like my older siblings, I'm the youngest, so I get to watch them with all of their kids and how they do it. Um, I have a daughter who is joining junior high and she just made cheerleader. And well, they, they had like a themed week where it was like, wear black one day all day and the next day wear your pajamas uh, to cheer or whatever. And my daughter is just like, I don't have pajamas, mom, because she just sleeps in like her dad's big t-shirt. And I'm like, okay, well, and the Libby, the old Libby that didn't buy a new house (laughs) and wasn't house poor (laughs) would have been like, okay, let's go get you some cute pajamas. And now I'm just like, okay, it's so funny because why, why couldn't I just teach my kid to not, why can I just not spoil my kid even before I was house poor? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so anyway, I'm sitting there thinking I should just go buy her some pajamas. She doesn't have pajamas. But then I'm like, Libby, do not go buy your daughter pajamas for pajama day. She doesn't even wear pajamas. Like that's a waste of money. It's spoiling your child. Anyway, so the day goes on and cheer is the next day. Um, so she also is a little anxious. She's a seventh grader. She's brand new. She doesn't know a lot of the people. So it's in her head all day about like what she's going to wear and how it's going to be. And I just want to make that easy for her. Like it's already scary. She's going. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm not going to give her the option to buy pajamas. And I just kept saying, just wear some sweatshirts, wear a tank top wear a t-shirt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The next day comes and oh my word, that morning was just 
a very difficult morning for both of us because I was trying to help. She didn't want my help, but she also didn't know what to wear and she was running late. And anyway, I didn't buy her the pajamas and she wore a big t-shirt with some shorts under it. And she cried for an hour before she left and she went and I picked her up, got, she got in the car and I was kind of looking around, not trying to say anything, but just seeing what people were wearing. Did I do the right thing? Because I'm being this coddling parent because it's just, I don't know, but everyone is in a million different things, flannel pants, a t-shirt, tank top, shorts, a giant onesie, a whatever. And she gets in the car. How is it? Awesome. Great. Okay. And I just like, didn't say a word, but inside I was like, she did it. She went to school. She wore an ugly camo hunting shirt and cried the whole time. And oh, well, like I'm so glad. I was so proud of myself that I didn't buy her pajamas. <laughs> this sounds so no, first it world this, problem. But this is the reality. And actually, Libby, that is the time in the growth mindset that you do celebrate the heck out of her and out of you. What did you do today that was difficult? I went to school nervous that I was going to be the only one without cute pajamas. And yet I did it anyways. Yeah. That's growth. Yeah. I did something difficult. I was persistent with it. I rose to that challenge. I didn't, and not because I did it well. It, we don't celebrate it because I didn't cry. I cried and I still went. That is, that's the difference. That's the growth mindset. Yeah. Well, I hope, I wish I would have maybe had that conversation with her after and been like, <laughs> look what you did. Because, you know, as the week went on, then it was like, wear black. I don't have black. These black have white on them. I'm like, it's fine. It's fine if it has white. No, it's not. It's all black. Like she doesn't, she, you know, is just taking it very literally. And anyway, again, she went and she did it and it was fine. It was legit hour of crying before, but she did it twice in a row. Hey, cheer team. I'm not going to say what school you are. Can you quit having (laughs) (laughs) themes? (laughs) for practice. Oh, I got it. I got it. Okay. Sorry. Our, our cardboard box is falling. <laughs> anyway, should I love that? that no, there? I love okay. that. Okay. You know what? I feel bad that I talk about well, her, but well, no, here's the, the funny thing about that is like I said, so I see a lot of girls between junior high and high school age. And the majority of the reasons that I'm seeing them is for self-worth value and anxiety. Right. Yeah. But what's interesting is a history. A lot of these kids is there is a performance-based mentality going on in their home. And and the and I will tell you, the effort is noble. I get it, wanting your kids to to have it feels like it makes life easier. But it's not true. We I I had this discussion with my other sister Sarah and my brother Lincoln on Sunday when they were talking about Lincoln's on the tail end of where you're at, right? He's now an yeah. empty nester. And he said, as hard as I fought to keep my kids from difficulty, it's bound to happen. It just shows up somewhere else Mm -hmm. until you become exhausted and recognize, have you inhibited their ability to develop tools at that point that would have been easier on the smaller scale to learn at a younger and earlier age? Mm, That's so good. And if you want your kids to learn, like bring them to therapy, great, but show them yourself. You show them yourself. It's very hard for me to tell a girl it's more important on what you look like on the inside when she hears her mom say, do my legs look fat? Yeah. Do I look fat in this? Yeah. So who's she going to listen to, me 
well, she's going to try to listen to you. But when you're, <laughs> yeah, when you're at home with that, that's hard. That's hard to change those lenses you've developed your whole life when they're still being developed at home, yes. you know? Yeah. So, so, so some ideas, some keys on helping yourself as a parent move from a performance-based mindset to a growth mindset, okay. which means we are going to value your efforts, your, your strategies, your hard work, your persistence, your raise, raising to a challenge, not talent, being smart, being gifted, fixed abilities, not making mistakes. Oh, let's get a list. How do can we do a handout? <laughs> and, and, and I put will it say on this, the use of the word yet. I mean, anyone yeah. that's been to therapy has probably heard that. Shifting from, I don't understand this. I don't know it yet. I haven't learned this yet. That's a great introduction to just shift. I'm failing. I don't know it. I don't know it yet. I try yeah. new three new things. I embrace change. I can do hard things. Those are the things that we celebrate. Yeah. I can be okay looking stupid. I can be okay wearing a dumb outfit. I can be okay. So let me ask you. Not let's, in. So let's ask a parent parents out there are you okay with your kid looking stupid are you okay with your kid showing up in not the an outfit that is right we're asking kids to say this for themselves but can parents say that about their own children yeah um yeah i i think that's hard because <laughs> this is where it's hard for me because i could use someone shaming me a little bit. Libby, are you going to shower today? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So if my kid, so those are like standards. I make my kids cut their hair. I do not want to cut my hair. Don't make me cut it. Don't make me cut it. My boys I'm talking about and they cut it and I'm like, look how handsome you look. And they look in the mirror and they're like, ah, I look so good. Now, the hair can be greasy and they not wash up for three days. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm like analyzing this too deeply because I feel like there should be some sort of standard. Am I wrong? I think that your family gets to decide on your standard. Is that standard conducive to growth? Okay. No, just hygiene. Hygiene is like the standard. And okay. then you can look and wear whatever you want not matching the pink and orange are really hard yes. for me, but I I'll let that. it go. <laughs> yes, I do love that. And in, in understanding, especially with kids, we want to help them set boundaries that are going to help them be effective. But what is motivating? To me, if it's a performance-based, fear is motivating you. And that that's that's anxiety. Yeah. That's anxiety at its at its finest. Being motivated out of fear. Fear is effective in a life and death situation. If you're standing by a cliff and you feel like you might fall and fear says back up, back up. Right. If you're being chased by a bear and fear tells you you're going to get eaten, run, run. But in my perspective, fear for the most part is not the most effective tool for motivation. Um, when we're talking about this, I'm thinking a lot about one of my other kids who I don't know how to explain it, but here goes. Uh, can I get a drink of water? Um, yeah, but you don't need to ask for a drink of water. Can I go to the bathroom? 
don't ever ask me if you can go to the bathroom. You live at our house. You can go anytime. What the heck, wind? Hold on. Bring him back the box. <laughs> can I, 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 I mean, just asking to do anything and everything, which I feel like it's fear-based. Mm-hmm. I feel like he doesn't like it when I say, why are you eating without a plate? You know, like he wants to avoid at all costs me critiquing him in any way. So therefore he asks to do every single thing, which I'm just like, hi, quit asking. It's okay. It's okay. If I tell you to get a plate, don't be so sensitive. You don't have to be perfect. So I would just like advice on how to handle that. Okay. Well, first of all, keep in mind, like I said, we are, we, there are four different frameworks that create who we are as individuals. So why we behave the way we behave can be influenced in many different areas. When I talk about perpetuating performance-based in our children, it can mean we're creating this, but that also can be, they naturally biologically are more predispositioned towards that. I am. I believe your child is as well. Similar to maybe your older child. Yes. Okay. My oldest. Yes. Most definitely. Um, It was just a, and and common with oldest children in general, right? They're the performers. They're the pleasers. Yes. So when they have, when their brain goes into that loop of thought, in my opinion, instead of just shutting it down because their brain is trying to reconcile and understand, redirecting, if they can see you celebrating things that are different, if he asks you for a plate, if he can get a plate or yeah. get a drink. And there's a time that he doesn't acknowledge that. Okay. That's really yeah. cool. That was appreciative. Or can you reassign his thought in asking into something else? Just saying, just stop it. Yeah. Cause I'm more of a put down type of person. And same with my husband. Why are you asking us? Stop asking. So you're, you're, fine. you're so worried. Then about- he's feeling worse. <laughs> he's already like, I don't want to feel bad about myself by making a mistake. So I'm going to try hard and then I'm going to feel bad about myself. Yeah. Right. It's a very sad cycle that, yeah. That he will learn and grow from. And me. I want to, I want to work on approaching it differently. Well, because so, it would be, yeah. it's easier to just say, stop it. But if that worked, I would not have a job. Yeah. And actually, there's a really right. funny YouTube with Bob Newhart from Saturday Night Live, a skit where it's a therapist and he's $1 a minute and the lady tells him his problems and he says, well, stop it. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, that will be, and she keeps going and he's like, stop it. And it just, the price keeps going up. It's really funny. If it was that easy, right? So, so mirror to him the celebration of things that are different, right? Okay. And it may seem silly at first, but if you see him or another child using the restroom or doing things that they would normally ask. Acknowledge that, <laughs> yes. right? Hey, I yes. appreciate that your independence in getting yourself a plate. That's really cool. Yeah. Can I tell you, as difficult as it was for me in this, I'm still kind of in the midst of it. When I'm at work, I freaking love being at work. And when I'm at home, I love being at home. And some two, sometimes the two of those together, I'm like, wah, 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 back and forth. Like, why am I working? Why am I not working more? Why am I trying yeah. to find the space? The one thing that I've completely appreciated in going back to work as a mom is watching, as difficult as it's been, the growth of some independence in my children. Mm-hmm. And at times it comes with guilt that I'm trying to, because I don't believe in guilt and shame, right? Rewriting mm-hmm. that in a different perspective for recognizing, oh, but if I was there. Mm-hmm. But in seeing them do when I'm not there, it's amazing. It's amazing. 
So celebrating your kid's ability to, to think something through, to make a decision, not because it was the right decision or the best decision. Yeah. But that they didn't ask you. But that they made a decision. And if it wasn't an effective decision, what did they learn from it? Yeah. Instead of, oh, I knew, I knew Uh, you shouldn't have done that. Yes. It's so hard. Right. And it is hard because even if you know, and as parents, you're there to set boundaries to help your children. But as individuals, we learn as human beings through exploration and discovery. If it was easy as just someone sitting back going, well, don't do this. Mm-hmm. then, well, life would have no purpose. Yeah. Right? But when you can give your kids permission to look at their life from a growth perspective, to me, it's you handing back their journey for their purpose. It's saying, and what are you going to do with that? And what did you learn from that? To me, we don't have to, it, it can alleviate all this forced creativity and trying to give our kids teaching moments and make these spectacular things for them in their life letting little things that they do be spectacular, not because mom and dad created it, but because it came naturally from them. Yeah. So. Awesome. Hey, I really hope that that is helpful for a lot of you parents. It's been very helpful for me and man, parenting is hard, but it's just good to have reminders. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. That was so fun to talk to you. Thank you. Love you. Okay, bye, you. everyone.